شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم طيب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فصل في مبطلات الصلاة things that break the salah يعني if a person is in salah certain things become haram and the ruling on breaking the salah generally is that it is a sunnah salah meaning a voluntary prayer then it is disliked to break it for no reason it's disliked to break the salah for no reason and it is haram to break an obligatory salah for no reason. Okay? So a sunnah salah, you're allowed to break it, but it's disliked. If you have a reason, it's not disliked. A, a, a obligatory prayer, fard, dhuhr, asr, maghrib, isha, if you've gone into it, you're not allowed to leave it. You have to carry on, you have to finish it. Unless you have an, an Islamically acceptable reason. And for an example, an example for an acceptable reason is that if someone is drowning, you see someone drowning. And then you have to go save him. You have to go save him. Why did he use the example of drowning? Because drowning can't wait. Can't wait and say, let me finish the salah and then go. Someone's about to die. Child's about to fall off a dangerous place. In that case, you're allowed to leave the salah. Uh, a reason for an Islam, for a sunnah salah to leave it. Your parents are calling you. For a reason that, and you know that they, would, they wouldn't like you to delay it. Maybe it's important. So in that case, you're allowed to leave a sunnah salah for that reason. As for a fard salah, you're allowed to leave it if your parents are calling you. No. See, there's a difference. Because you can't leave something that's haram for something that's uh, wajib. يعني, if it's haram in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's no obedience for the creation. You get it? You can't obey a creation and then you're disobeying the creation, even if it's your parents. If your parents tell you to do something haram, you're not allowed to do it. So if they tell you to break the salah, you're not allowed to do it if it's an obligatory salah. And if it is a sunnah salah, voluntary salah, then you're allowed to break it if you have a valid reason. So therefore, from this we understand that these things that break the salah, what's the ruling on them? Sometimes it's haram and sometimes it's makruh. Why is it makruh, dislike to break a sunnah salah? Because Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا تُبْطِلُوا أَعْمَالَكُمْ don't, dis, don't, dis, don't invalidate your good deeds. So if you're doing a good deed, it's dislike to disengage in it. Unless you have a reason, then generally. Every good deed, that is sunnah, that is voluntary, is disliked to disengage in it for no reason. Disliked. Except for one action, it's haram to, dis to stop it if you started it, if it's sunnah. What's that? Hmm? There's an action which is voluntary, but if you start it, you can't stop it. You have to finish it. And it's haram to leave it. <laughs> nether, no. Because nether is wajib, you've gone into it. If something is, there is some, generally, is disliked to stop something that's sunnah, voluntary. Salah, no, 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 that's different. And it generally is disliked to stop something, to, to leave. I'm doing, a start, I'm, do, I'm doing a sunnah ibadah, recommended ibadah, voluntary, act of worship. Generally, you said it's disliked, right? But this, there's one that is haram for you to leave it. Where is it? Nikah. No, no, not fasting. Fasting is the same thing, Allah. Da'wah. La, da'wah is fard kifaya. It's obligation upon the community. It has to be done. It is, and there's evidence for it in the Quran. Surah Baqarah. Allah says in the Quran, 
واتم الحج واتم الحج والعمره لله حج عمره حج عمره which is voluntary يعني let's say you've done your obligatory hajj your first hajj you've done it your second hajj now what is it is it sunnah is it voluntary or is it wajib voluntary right you don't have to do another hajj sunnah it's voluntary it's recommended لكن if you start it if you go into your ihram then you have to finish it hajj and umrah you have to finish it and it's an important مسألة يعني you have to understand the context it's not the same Generally, it's spoken about Ramadan. doesn't mean that it's obligatory to finish it necessarily. Like in, in this case, it does. In Hajj, it does. So you have to finish Hajj and Umrah if you start it, if it's voluntary. So let's say someone, he puts on his ihram, then he said, I already done Hajj before, I don't want to do it this year. I don't want to do it now. Or Umrah. And it happened to us once when the brothers they were, were, were going on the, on the coach and we were going to go to the, go do Umrah. And then it was raining in Jeddah. It was raining. And obviously when it rains there, it's a bit hard. So everyone stopped. And so we're all in the coach. And then some of the brothers, they're about to leave the ihram. So we have to tell them, look, brothers, you can't leave your ihram. You started it. You have to go. So yeah, and you have to wait, 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 wait until the rain finished and then we went. So that's the general ruling. Taib. What breaks the salah? Eleven things break the salah. Number one, al-kalamu al-amd. Intentional speech. Speaking intentionally. Yani speech that is not part of the salah. So Surah Al-Fatiha is part of the salah. Speaking to someone else. But on purpose, intentionally. If someone gets up and he hits someone and says, sorry, by accident, he's in salah and it happens, then that's not intentional speech. So therefore it doesn't break the salah. But any intentional speech that doesn't go, that is not part of the salah, it breaks the salah. Taib. That's because the hadith of uh, Zayd ibn Arqam radiallahu anhu, he said, we used to pray in the salah. And by Bukhari Muslim. We used to pray in the salah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayah Stand up in front of Allah in obedience. Qanitin يعني in obedience and silence. And this ayah was the command for us to be quiet and the prohibition for us from speaking in the salah. يعني before this ayah was revealed, the companions, they'll be in the salah and they'll speak to each other. They'll be speaking to each other about something. And they'll be, they'll be fine. Then after that, this ayah came down. And also in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Mu'awiyat ibn Hakam al-Sulami, waqad shammata aatisan fi salah. Someone said, someone sneezed. And he said, alhamdulillah. So he said, yarhamuka Allah. In the salah. And so the people, zajarahu nas. The people, they shout, they, they looked at him in a, in a weird way after the salah. And so he said, inna hadhihi salah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in a nice way. Because he wasn't present for the salah, for the salah being, uh, for the ayah, when the ayah was revealed, telling everyone to be quiet. He didn't know that he had to be quiet in the salah. So imagine everyone's quiet in the salah and he's speaking and everyone's looking at him in a weird way. And then he felt very bad until he got very angry. But the Prophet وسلم, was latif, he was very nice to him. This is wisdom in da'wah, being nice to people. He said, This salah, you shouldn't have any of the speech of the human beings in it. In this, in this salah, the only thing you're allowed to do is tasbih, subhanallah, wa takbir, Allahu akbaran, reciting the Quran. Any general dhikr in the salah. So speaking on purpose breaks the salah, as opposed to someone who speaks by accident. Number two is wal-amalu al-kathir, a lot of actions, moving a lot. A lot of actions. What do they mean by actions, first of all? The Shafi'i, when they mention a lot of actions, they mean actions, as uh, Ibn Qasim al-Izzi mentioned in Sharh. What does he say? You got Ibn Qasim al-Izzi, he says, بِعُضْوٍ ثَقِيلٍ صح? عُضْوٍ ثَقِيلًا Does he mention that? He says, it doesn't mention that. I think it was another one of the shuruh. 
or Shirbini mentions بِعُضْوٍ ثَقِيلًا with a heavy with a heavy body part with a heavy body part what do you mean by a heavy body part? if a person moves a lot with his eyes like this his eyes moving around he's moving right? like does that break the salah? no Hanafi say it does I remember Hanifa, some of them they say it does they say if you move the eyes a lot it breaks the salah like it's disliked it doesn't break the salah so what do we mean? a heavy body part يعني body part like the arm you move the whole arm three times a lot of times, a lot of times. So al-amal al-kathir, a lot of actions with a heavy body part. And so if someone moves his lips, for example, it's not it's not a heavy body part like this. He's moving, right? And it's not part of the salah, but it doesn't break the salah. You understand what I mean by heavy body part? Yeah, a body part that you have to move. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. So here I was talking about moving without a reason, moving without a reason. So. Unnecessary movements. Any unnecessary movements break the salah. Rather, in fact, they say any, any, any large amount of actions, to be honest. Like if a person has to move because, or needs to move because of there's a, there's a space. Like you said, there's a space. You're moving to fill in the gaps, then it's fine. What do they mean by a lot of movements? What do they mean by a lot of movements? The Shafi'i, they say three movements in a row. Three movements in a row. And if a person's praying, he does this. Three, that breaks the salah according to them. Three in a row. Okay, and it's dangerous. Yeah, a person shouldn't move too much in the salah. But uh, we have a different athal, and that, that 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 shows different opinions. And to be honest, there isn't any clear-cut evidence to say three, the number three. There isn't. But the, the scholars, they, what they use is that generally the number three is the difference between a lot and a little in the Sharia, right? Three generally is the difference between a lot and a little. So they use that generality. Other scholars they say no. Whenever something is left general, that a lot of movements they they break the salah, then. We go back to urf, what you think. Remember we said you have a little bit of blood and a lot of blood? It's forgiven, right? A little bit of blood is forgiven. If you have a little bit of blood, it's forgiven. What is a little bit of blood? Was it defined? Was a number put to it? No. It's what you think to be a little bit of blood, then it's forgiven. But in the same situation here, movements. If it's a lot of movements, that is known. If a person moves a lot, he's moving a lot of this all the time, just like this, touching his beard, and he's like this, he's thinking and he's praying. To the point that someone sees him, this person, you think the person might not be praying. Then in that case, that breaks the salah. So any movement that makes you look like you're not praying, breaks the salah. That would be better to say. Any movement that makes you look like you are not praying, breaks the salah. Wallahu alam. And this is Al-Hassan al-Basri. He mentions this opinion. And this is by Ijma' a lot of movements, they break the salah. They just differ on what is the definition of a lot of movements. Because it goes against the nazam of the salah, the way of the salah. The way the salah should be. The next one, the next thing that breaks the salah is والحدث, losing your wudu or يعني being in the state of hadath, impurity, wudu. If a person breaks wind or anything more than that, طيب and that's that's quite clear because wudu is a condition of the salah and you obviously you lost your wudu so therefore you have no your salah has become invalid. Then it says وحدوث النجاسة for نجاسة to go on on you. And if najasa goes on to you, then your salah breaks. The scholars they mention another qaid, another thing about this. They say, "Illam yulqiha halan." If he doesn't take, if he doesn't move the najasa straight away. Yani, let's say someone is praying, and a baby urinates on him. In that case, he can't move it. It's on his clothes. Khalas. He can't remove his clothes because his salah is going to be invalid. Too much, too many movements, and also he can't take it off because it's, it's going to be, yani. Uh, his aura is going to be exposed. So in that case, his salah is invalid straight away. He has to go wash it and come pray again, start again. 
But if, let's say, um, there is a najasa falls onto him, that's that he can that goes onto his hand or on a tissue or something like that, he's able to throw it away straight away. Then in that case, his salah is not invalid. You understand the difference? If you can move it straight away, then your salah is valid. If your salah, if you can't move it straight away, then your salah is not valid. I forgot to mention one thing, which is al-amal kathir, a lot of actions. They make some exceptions for a lot of actions. Yani a person can do a lot of actions, depending on the reason. From amongst those, the reasons is killing a snake. Killing a snake, you're allowed to do a lot of actions for it. Because the Prophet sallallahu said, Five different types of animals, you can kill them in the hill or haram, Mecca or outside of Mecca, you can kill it. From amongst them being al-aqrab, wal-kalb al-aqur, so he said the, the scorpion, the dog, the snake, these harmful animals. So if there is a snake in front of a person, he can kill it in the salah and go back to the salah and he's still praying. And that's fine. Similarly, he can also move in order to save someone. In order to save someone. Someone who's dying. Someone who might, might fall down. Baby is about to fall down. He's allowed to move to stop him. Similarly, we can give another example. Hmm? Open a door. Ahsant. For a need. If there's a need. But like in Allahu Alam, is that for Sunnah Salah or all Salawat? Yani they, they, they speak about that issue. Allahu Alam. Another thing. Someone moves in front of you. Someone walking in front of you. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, stop him. And if he doesn't stop then, فقال, you have to fight him to the point that you can fight him. And in fact, the scholars of fiqh, at the end of fiqh, we're going to learn, we're gonna learn that a person, he's moving, he's walking in front of you, and there's no, he's walking between you and your sutra. You have a sutra. You actually have a sutra. And he's walking between it. Then in that case, you stop him. And if he, doesn't, if he, if he, if he refuses to stop, then you, stop, you move him harder. And if he refuses, then you use any force that's needed, any necessary force. To the point that they mention at the end of fiqh, in al-jinayat, that, that some people, they mention when it comes to al-qatl al-amd. Remember when we took al-qatl al-amd, right? Intentionally killing, unintentionally killing, by accident killing. They say that a person, if he's walking in front of a person in salah, and he stops him, and he doesn't stop, and he pushes him with, with extreme force or with a lot of force to the point that he passes away, then fadamu, his blood is, is no, no blood money on that. There's no, it's not a crime and it's no blood money because it was that person's fault. It was that person's fault for coming into that person's way. You shouldn't go in front of someone in the salah. And the Prophet وسلم, told us in the hadith, لو يعلم المار بين يدي المصلي ما عليه من الإثم لكان أن ينتظر أربعين خير له من أن يمر بين يدي. If a person, or كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم, similar word, the Prophet وسلم, he said, if a person knew the sin that he was putting on himself for walking in front of a person praying, he would have, would rather wait forty years than to walk in front of a person. And so from that we understand that in certain times a person is allowed to. Uh, move for that reason. Yeah, similar. They take it from the hadith of Ali ibn Abi Talib when they open, he opened the door. So it would take the same ruling to open it and take it on the phone. Is it for sunnah or wajib? Allah alam. Same thing. It's the same thing. We have to double check that. There's a lot of movement, taking off the jacket and, and maybe if a person take, zips it off and then resumes his salah then maybe takes off a small part but if you take the whole, the whole thing and at the same time then no, that's too much, that's too much uh, One, two, three, last three questions huh? Yeah, you have to keep facing the Qibla 
Then you move back. Then don't open the door. <laughs> yeah, if the jama'ah is under threat, then you're allowed to break the salah for it. You have to break the salah, in fact. You have to. Just like if someone's drowning, someone's being hit. لا 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 that's not يعني a person if he's needed the people who are needed if a person is not needed and obviously the majority of people will be needed then everyone makes their own ijtihad like for a person to put himself in a destruction where he's going to be killed then no that's not that's not part of the sunnah at all I'm not sure of that narration. What's the question exactly? What's the question? Mm-hmm. Now, oh, when Umar was killed, radiallahu anhu, when he was killed, he was stabbed by Abu Lulu al-Majusi. When he was killed, they, they were still praying, they carried on praying, but they held him. They held him until he, got, he killed. Uh, so yeah, and during the prayer, they were moving. They were praying, but they were moving, they were holding him. To the point that he killed other people with him as well. That can generally allow to break it. You're allowed to break it. Walking forward and back during salah. Rocking, now I'm rocking during the salah like this is disliked. And if it's too much, it breaks the salah because it's part of your whole body. Like this, someone doing this during the salah, then it's disliked. If he does it, and if he does it a lot, then it's haram and it breaks the salah. And that's a, this is a, in the Shafi'i especially they are very strict on this. A lot of times the Quran, they're reading and listening like that, and they, you know they're rocking because they're reading the Quran. It's not allowed. It's not allowed at all. It's problematic. طيب, the next one is one kishaf al for your aura to become uncovered, for your aura to become uncovered. What's common here is a lot of brothers they have trousers and they're doing sujood and their backside shows. So a person needs to make sure that they're wearing proper clothing. And if the aura is uncovered, then there's different situations. Uh, number one, a lot of the aura is uncovered. If a lot of the aura is uncovered, then it breaks the salah. Yani if the private part completely is uncovered, then it breaks the salah. Unless he covers it straight away. Unless he covers it straight away. And it's the second situation is that if a small amount of awrah is, is uncovered, for a long period of time, then it breaks the salah as well. Yani if a person has a big hole in his trousers and stuff like that, then it breaks the salah if it's of a long period of time. The next one is to change your intention. If a person changes his intention in the salah from one salah to another salah, then his salah becomes invalid if it is from a lower to a higher. Yani, if a person is on sunnah and he says, hold on, it's dhuhr time, let me just pray dhuhr instead, so he changes his intention, salah is invalid. Or he's in dhuhr and he changes to the similar, another fard. So on the same level, fard. Then it breaks the salah. So he's on dhuhr and then he says, no, it's asr time, I already prayed dhuhr. He changes it to asr, his salah is invalid. Salah becomes invalid. Or if he changes from sunnah to another sunnah, then it's also, no, no, sorry, no, it's not sunnah to another sunnah. So fard to fard and sunnah to fard. Okay? As for fard to sunnah, then it's fine. Mm. Uh, Yeah, and did you change your intention or you weren't sure of your intention? Yeah, yeah, you weren't, you weren't sure. 
So during the salah you became unsure of your intention, then you re remember that it is that you were right at the beginning, then it's fine. Then it's fine. Yeah, last question. Huh? Uh, now, if a woman is, is praying with a large hijab and unwraps and then she wraps it again, then that's fine because she's using it to wrap herself. That's fine. What if a baby is in front of you and a little child? Because even if you move them, they will become they will come back. Would they invalidate it? No. Moving up a child is fine because even the Prophet ﷺ would pray with Hassan and carried him. Al Hassan, his, his grand, grandson, he would carry him during the salah. So in that, that also is fine. طيب, the next one is wastidbarul qibla to face away from the qibla, using what part of the body? The head, the face, or what? Your torso, your upper body. Your upper body. Remember, we said the qibla, just last lesson, in fact. The qibla, what's, what's considered to be, what, what has to be facing the qibla? The torso, the upper body. So if it's like, you move like this, then it invalidates the salah. And what about if a person looks back? Invalidates the salah or not? No, it doesn't invalidate. But it is disliked. And if he does it a lot, then it's a lot of movement and it breaks the salah. طيب. وَالْأَكْلُ eating. That's clear. If someone eats during salah, salah is invalid. وَالشُّرْبَ And also drinking. Drinking is not allowed in salah. They mention one, one exception of drinking, which is if it is a long voluntary prayer. A long voluntary prayer. Such as the night, the night prayer. But we don't expect people to be drinking during taraweeh because it's fitna. The difference. But if it's a, yeah, but naam, yeah, technically yes. Along, and this is not the Shafi'i, this is the Hanbali, the Hanbalis they say this That if you drink, if it's a long voluntary prayer Then it's allowed to drink a small amount of water It's allowed to drink some water and That was narrated from Amr ibn As that he done so So they say because of that, he's allowed to do it A person shouldn't do it in public though Because it's not something that a lot of people know So if you do do it, people are going to look at you in a way doing it, of course fitna So you shouldn't do it in public no. Last two questions, two questions. Yeah, if you're facing the wrong place and someone moves you towards the qibla, then that's fine. That's fine. As long as it was an accident. And you're facing the wrong place by accident. Uh, they say, if a person has to kill a snake, then you're allowed to change directions. And also another exception is in fighting as well. And also in a sunnah prayer whilst traveling. But if you have to, yeah, if you have to get a snake, you're allowed to move, and you're allowed to even move directions. It's fine. That was the last question. Uh, last question. Huh? The next one is for a person to laugh loud. is laughing loud. So it's not smiling. It is laughing with a voice. Ha 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 Laughing with a loud, loud voice. This breaks the salah because it's considered to be part of unnecessary speech. leaving al Islam. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Protect us from leaving Al-Islam. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. These are things that we saw. Naam, the brother there. Brother with the mask. Mm. I can't hear you. I can't hear you, I can't hear you. If your aura is a little bit exposed, yeah, if you cover Sharia, it's fine. No, no, no. If you laugh loud, in Salah, it doesn't break wudu. The Hanafis, they say it breaks wudu. The Akin doesn't. That's a weak opinion. A very weak opinion, Allah mm. Ta'ala. Yeah, is it, is it in ta'amada dhalik? Yeah. No, generally it's laughing loud. Generally it's laughing loud. Wa hiya al-dhahik fa in ta'amada dhalik batala salatuhu li'annahu yinafi fi al-ibadah. Wa hatha idha baana minhu harfan. Because it's speaking, ha, ha. 
ها فإن لم فإن لم يبن فلا تبطل لأنه ليس بكلام وقد مر لهذا تتمة في شروط الصلاة يعني الله أعلم that needs to be looked at the purpose or not الله أعلم A sutra to protect the jinn from breaking the salah. No, the sutra is to prevent everyone from anyone from breaking the salah. To prevent anyone from breaking the salah. There was a jinn who tried to walk past the Prophet and he grabbed him by his neck. That's different. And we can't. We don't know if the jinn. We don't know the jinn. If they move, we're not going to do anything. We can't do anything about it. No, the person walking past you doesn't break your salah. Yeah, it doesn't break your salah. It doesn't break your salah. It's just not allowed. Like, it doesn't break the salah. That's why a lot of people they say taqta salah. They say it breaks the salah. No, it's wrong. In our language, they say it's wrong. No, it's not. It's not, it's not it doesn't break the salah. It's just not allowed. And except for the difference of opinion on a black dog, a woman, and a donkey. But the correct opinion, none of them break the salah ever. None of them break the salah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's an earthquake, are you allowed to leave the salah? If the building is about to break, then yeah. If not, then no. Mm. Last question. Mm. Yeah, they don't lose ajr for the prayer. If someone passes you, but they get sin. Allah the number of raka'at in prayer. So this, this chapter, to be honest, is not needed. The author mentions it, it's not really needed, so we're going to skip it. We read in Arabic, فيها أربعون وثلاثون سجدة In the salah, there's, there's uh, أربعون وثلاثون سجدة وأربعون وتسعون تكبيرة 94 تكبيرات It's not really needed. So at the end of the day, then he says, ومن عجز عن القيام So let's go from ومن عجز عن القيام And this is called صلاة أهل العذار The prayer of the person who's not able to complete some of the pillars. So a person who's not able to stand up, he says, Whoever is not able to stand in an obligatory prayer. Why? Because standing is only obligatory in the obligatory prayers, in the five daily prayers. As for in the sunnah salawat, then you do not have to stand to pray them. You can pray them sitting down. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, the reward of the one who's sitting down is half of the reward of the one standing up, right? And therefore, and he's talking about here the sunnah salawat. And so if someone is able to stand up in a sunnah salah, taraweeh, he's able to stand up, but he chooses to sit down, then he gets half of the reward. If he's not able to stand up, then that's different, he gets the full reward, inshaAllah ta'ala. As for the faridah, the obligatory prayers, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, salli qa'iman, pray standing. And Allah says, waqoomu lillahi qanitin, stand for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said that from the pillars of the salah is, Standing If someone's able to stand So whoever is not able to stand now What do you mean by inability to stand? Is someone If he was to stand Then one of these things would happen to him If he was to stand He would have extreme pain He would have extreme pain And let's say someone He twists his ankle If he was to try to stand up Then he would have extreme pain So in that case we say He's allowed to sit down Or it will make his, Ill, his, his pain worse Or illness Whatever he has worse Broken ankle, whatever he has, it will make it worse. Or he is 
um, it's going to make him have an illness, for example. For example, an old person. If he was to stand up, they're going to break a bone. If he was to stand up, old, very old. If he was to stand up, they'll break a bone. Then it's not, it's not, you don't have to stand up. Yeah. So those, those are the, what, what did I say? Extreme pain. Make it worse. And bring an illness. Huh? And number four is it will delay the healing process. It will delay the healing process. So the doctor says, don't stand up. If you stand on this foot, instead of healing in two weeks, you're going to heal in four weeks. So in that case, you don't have to stand up. And there's a principle with a lot of illnesses. Someone is ill. When, is an illness, when does an illness allow you to break your fast? Is it a small cold, average cold? No. It's something that it has one of these four things. Either it's going to make you ill, or it's going to cause extreme hardship, or it's going to make it worse, or it's going to delay the healing process. Hmm. Okay. Um, no. If a person can't put water over an injury, yeah, if a person cannot put water in an injury and one of these four things will happen, it will become worse. But you can't put water, then you can wipe over it, yeah. طيب. Then he says, If you can't stand up because of one of these four things, then you can pray sitting down. Praying sitting down, how do you pray sitting down? The best way to pray sitting down is to pray in the position of tashahud, al-iftirash. You know how you sit in your tashahud position? That's the best way to sit down. Yani a lot of people, they just pray straight away on a chair. And that's fine, you're allowed to pray on a chair. And they say, however you sit down is fine, is allowed. But the best way is to sit in the tashahud position. The other good way that's also been narrated from, some of, the, from the, some of the scholars of fiqh is for a person to sit cross-legged in the salah. So if a person is not able to stand up, his first choice in the way of sitting down is to sit down in an iftiraj position. If he cannot do that, or if he doesn't want to do that, or it's hard for him, or it's better, then he can, he can choose to sit down cross-legged. And he's allowed to sit down in any way. He's allowed. Anyway, however way he sits down is fine. طيب. Then he says, فَإِنْ عَجَزَ عَنِ الْجُلُوسِ If you can't sit down, the Prophet ﷺ said, فَصَلِّ قَائِمًا فَإِنْ لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ فَقَاعِدًا If you can't pray standing, then pray sitting. If you can't pray, فَإِنْ لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ فَعَلَى جَمْبٍ If you can't pray sitting down, then pray on your side. Person's in a hospital bed, he has to pray on his side. And if you can't pray, in the narration of Al-Nasai, they said, فَإِنْ لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ فَمُسْتَلْقِيًا Then pray on your back. And you're, you're looking upright. When you pray on your side, how do you pray on your side? You should pray on your right side facing towards the Qibla. Your right side and your face should be facing towards the Qibla. If you're not able to do so, then you pray on your back with your feet facing towards the Qibla. Okay? And the, the scholars, they say, وَلَا تَسْقُطُ الصَّلَاةِ مَادَامَ يَعْقِلُ Your salah never goes away as long as you're you're saying. As long as you have your mind, you have to pray. And this shows the importance of the salah. Brothers and sisters, we have to pray even if we're in battle, we're in fighting battle, you still have to pray. When the armies, when the, whether the armies are camping or whether you're actually inside the battle, you still have to pray. So do you think a person, is never, is not, a person who doesn't pray, when a, when a person is able to pray and doesn't pray, what sin do you think this person is, is, is incurring upon himself? When he's, not, he's able to pray, he has none of these excuses, and he doesn't pray, that person no doubt he has a huge sin. Mm. Then he says Faslun fi Yeah? What did I say? And where were you in <laughs> You missed the words? Your feet face ah, your feet face the qibla. 
You fear on your back and you, you, you pray on your back and your feet are facing towards the Qibla. No. I don't feel, I don't remember everything I say straight away. Fasulun, <laughs> you have to pay attention. Fasulun fi sujood al-sahu. The sujood al-sahu, which is the sujood of forgetfulness. If a person makes a mistake, so this is a whole new chapter, yeah? If a person makes a mistake in the salah, then this mistake was caused by shaitan making you forget. person was in salah, he was thinking about what he's going to do after the salah, he was thinking about something that he done just before the salah, he's thinking about something else within the salah, and what happens because of that, shaitan he brought, brings him these thoughts, and he makes a mistake in the salah. He forgets the sujood, he forgets a raka'ah, he does the wrong, he's in the wrong position. Shaitan done that. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he legislated for us to make that up by doing sujood al-sahu. And it's been narrated in one of the narrations that the shaitan cries when the, when the son of Adam does sujood. And he says, the son of Adam was commanded to do, I was, sorry, I, I was commanded to do one sujood and I refused and so I'll be from the hellfire. And he was commanded to do many sujood and he done all of them and so he'll be from the people of Jannah and so he cries. Shaitan cries because of that. And so what they say, the, sh- the sujood al-sahu is extra. Yani rubbing the salt in against shaitan. Targheema shaitan Rubbing the salt in against him. That he made you forget on, in the first place. And so just to rub it in, I'm going to do a sujood to make the apostle still get the rule from Allah. And also to And also to make up what was missed from the salah. So sujood al-sahu has those two reasons. Sujood al-sahu is done when a person that makes a mistake in the salah and the mistakes in the salah, we're going to mention them. What are the mistakes in the salah? There are three possible things that you can leave off in the salah. You forget. You're praying, you can forget three things. Number one, fard. You can forget a pillar. A person may forget a pillar. Possible. Number two, sunnah. Sunnah is what they call, what they call here. What did we call it before? No. Ab'ad. Ab'ad of the salah. This hanabila call? Wajib. Here he mentions sunnah, but it's actually called ab'ad. Point is, it's something that if you leave off, your salah is still valid, but you make it up with sujood al-sahu. Wahayah, <coughs> and also a sunnah. General sunnah, yeah, and the sunnah that we mentioned last lesson. Remember last lesson we mentioned sunnah. Like what? Hmm? No, no, no. Sunnah inside the salah. Certain voluntary acts inside the salah. Like? Raf'u al-yadain, raising the hands, right? Reading a surah after Fatiha. Huh? Remember the sunnah that we mentioned yesterday? So this is what it means, hayah. So you can possibly leave a pillar, ab'ad, or hayah, sunnah. He says, falfardu, what happens if you miss out a pillar of the salah? Like what? Takbirat al-ihram. And first just go and salah, almost impossible. First start salah about saying Allah Akbar. Almost impossible, yeah. Like takbirat al-ihram, is in a rush. Huh? What else? Fatiha. He doesn't recite surah al-fatiha, he goes straight to the ruku' for example. You understand? He says, what happens in that situation? La yanubu anhu sujood al-sahu. Sujood al-sahu cannot make up for it. A pillar, if you miss it out by accident, sujood al-sahu cannot make up for it. What do you have to do? You have to go back. Bal in dhakarahu wa zamanu qareeb atabihi wa bana alayhi wa sajada lissahu. What happens if a person leaves a pillar? If a person leaves a pillar, then he goes back to that pillar. Either by... Going back to, so he's in, he, 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 he forgot about Surah Al-Fatiha and he went to the next action. Then in that case, he goes back. Goes back and recites Surah Al-Fatiha. No, no, sorry. Naam. 
If a person, for example, let's give another example, not sort of Fatiha. If a person, he misses out Ruku'ah. He's in praying, he's praying, and instead of going to Ruku'ah, he goes down straight to Sujood. In that case, we say that person goes back up, stands up, and goes to Ruku'ah again. He makes it up. But what if he doesn't do that? If he doesn't do that, then at the end of the Salah, he, has, he adds one more Raka'ah. That Raka'ah that he done at the beginning, which was the mistake, is cancelled. It doesn't count. He does another one at the end to make it up. Okay? بَلْ إِنْ ذَكَرَهُ وَالزَّمَانُ قَرِيبُ أَتَابِهِ وَبَنَا عَلَيْهِ And you carry on from there. يعني if it is close. If it is, يعني if a person went down to sujood, then he goes back up. Then in that case, you go back up, you do your ruku' and you carry on from there. As for if a person forgot and he's in the next raka'ah already, he's in the next raka'ah already, then in that case, he does a whole new raka'ah after and he cancels that first raka'ah. Is that clear? Then he doesn't go back if he finished the raka'ah. Hmm? Yeah, a question? So, say if you like, for example, you made a mistake in the second half, you start again, 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 and then you carry on and do two more. Okay, same thing. So, your friend goes and he does in that first rakah. You forgot to do a The very next rakah, does it count as your first rakah or do you do the shahud in that next rakah? Ascent. You do, it counts as your first rakah. You count as your first rakah. First rakah. Mm. Yeah, that's, what we're gonna, that's part of it. So, if a person finishes the salah, 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 then he forget. He remembers straight away. Let's say he forgets a whole rakah. Let's say he does three rakah in the salah. Salam alaikum, salam alaikum, Allah. Then he thinks, hold on, I missed a whole rakah. Then in that case, if he remembers straight away, then he stands up and he does one more rakah, and then you do sujood al-sahu. If it's a long time, and you prayed salah, you left the masjid, and, and then you realize, hold on, I only prayed three rakah, and you're sure, hundred percent sure, not waswas, you're sure. Then in that case, you repeat the whole salah. Let hmm. doubts. We're going to come. Doubts are different. Doubts, if it is a doubt on the number of rak'ah you have, have you done three or four? Am I on the third one or am I on the fourth one? Then in that case, you take the lowest number, which is three. You take three and you carry on. If you think you missed something, then there's always a way to make it. So you have to learn how to make it up. Okay. Uh, then he says, so what do you do now? Let's say, okay, I missed, I missed the sujood of the first rak'ah. I go back, I do my rak'ah again, I do my rak'ah again, I finish my salah, then ata bihi wa bana alihi wa sajda lissahu, and you do sujood al-sahu on top of that. You do sujood al-sahu at the end. And sujood al-sahu is two sajda, you do sujood twice, you're sitting down in the tashahud. When you finish your tashahud, you say Allahu Akbar, you do sujood. You sit back up, Allahu Akbar, you say Allahu Akbar again to sujood, and you sit back up, and then you say Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. You do it after the salam. How do you do after the salam? You do your tashahud, tahiyyatu lillah, you finish. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Allahu Akbar, you go to sujood. Subhana Rabbi al-Ala. Allahu Akbar, sit back up, Rabbi Ghfirli, Allahu Akbar, sujood, Allahu Akbar, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Both ways are allowed. That's called sujood al-sahu, is that clear? Questions at the end, inshallah. Take questions. Because you didn't ask a question, you had a lot in last time, I'll allow you. Come on. So you can do both. You can do after or before. 
Oh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And then there, and then next one, I think there's a Hanafi madhab, I think. Allah, Allah, I can't remember, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which madhab that is. Allah, Allah. In Congress, after the prayer has ended, can you move even enough people may be praying uh, behind you? Naam, if, as long as you don't walk in front of them, you can move. As long as you don't walk in front of them, you can move. And if you have to walk in front of them, then you have to wait. If you notice a strand of hair after you complete your prayer, is your prayer valid? No. Your prayer is valid. That's fine. It's not invalid. It's fine. Uh, you said not to drink publicly in, in voluntary salah for people who don't know. Is that the same with praying with shoes, even if it is sunnah? It depends. If you're in a carpet in a masjid, then yeah. Like if you're praying with shoes in a place where it's normal, yani it's a concrete outside or in a park or something like that, then yeah, no, you should pray with shoes and it's sunnah. It's fine. Because it's not sunnah to drink, but it's sunnah to pray with shoes. It's not sunnah to drink in salah. It's allowed. But it's not sunnah, it is sunnah to pray with shoes. So it's fine. So anyway, if you miss out a pillar, question now. You had the question? If you add something, you do it after, and if you take something out, you do it before. We're going to take that, inshallah, at the end. Now, that was the okay, last question. Mm. In a sunnah salah, it's fine. Sunnah salah is fine. If it's a long salah. Mm. So what do you do when you miss out a pillar? You have to come back to it. You can't leave a pillar in salah. Remember we said a pillar can never be left in the salah. It has to be done. Then you make up and then you do sujood sahu on top of it as well. Okay? Second thing is, masnoonu. If you leave something which is from the ab'ad of the salah. What are the ab'ad of the salah? They are, number one, the first tashahud. You know when you have a tahiyat, you have the two tahiyat in the salah. The first one and the second one, right? The first one is not a pillar. It's a ab'ad, it's a wajib in the salah. It's a sunnah, as they say. So if a person misses it out by accident, his salah is still valid. It's not a pillar. As opposed to someone who misses out fatiha by accident, his salah is invalid, he has to go back or he has to repeat his whole salah again. Right? A person who misses out the first tashahud, then his salah is valid. So he's in the second rak'ah in sujood, He's supposed to sit up for the tashahud. Instead of sitting up for the tashahud, what does he do? He stands up for the third rak'ah straight away. If a person stands up straight, stands up straight, then he's not allowed to go back. Merely just standing up straight. Whether he starts Surah Al-Fatiha or not, according to the Shafi'i Madhab. The Hanabi let us say if he starts Surah Al-Fatiha. Shafi'i Madhab is that if you, if you stand up straight. And this is stronger, Wallahu A'lam. Why? Because the pillar is standing. Why are you not allowed to go back? Because you're not allowed to leave a pillar for a sunnah, for something that is less than a pillar. Standing up in the third rak'ah is a pillar. The first tashahud is less than a pillar. So therefore you're not allowed to go back. And if you go back, your salah is invalid. If you go back, your salah is invalid. This is important because I've known fiqh if you're the imam of the salah. The imam of the salah, you have to know fiqh. Going back is not allowed, your salah becomes invalid. So what does he do? He missed out a wajib of the salawat or ab'ad from the ab'ad from the ab'ad of the salah, which is the first tashahud. And also, they mentioned the qunut in Ramadan and Fajr. Like in those are not, wallahu alam. Tayyib, what does he do? He carries on the salah. You carry on. Instead of going back, you carry on. You do the third, fourth rak'ah. Then, لا يعود إليه بعد التلبس بغيره لكنه يسجد للسهو. You do sujood al-sahu at the end. So if you started the next action, if you started the next action, you don't go back, like the like the pillar, but you carry on and you do sujood al-sahu at the end, either before or after the taslim. Is that clear? طيب. The next one, next thing that you can leave in the salah is what? Sunnah. What like what? 
Raising the hands, raising the hands, for example, right? Raising the hands is the sunnah. So if a person forgets to raise his hand, he goes to Rukur, raise his hand. If he forgets to raise his hand, does he go back? No, it's a sunnah. لا يعود إليها بعد تركها ولا يسجد للسهو and you don't do سجود السهو either and you don't يعني if you leave it you leave it no problem طيب is that clear those are the three things يعني raising the hands reciting a surah after فات سورة الفاتحة is sunnah for example what else moving your finger example sitting down in ifrash position when you sit down second salam sunnah Tawarruk in the last Sitting down on your hip In the last tashahud Tayyip He said وَإِذَا شَكَّ فِي وَإِذَا شَكَّ فِي عَدَدِ Now what's the question? Yeah Abad is high level So that For example What would be an example of that? Yeah. Your salah is invalid. Someone leaves because he didn't raise his hand and he went to sujood. He's not allowed to go back. Even though you don't raise your hand just before sujood. But yeah, you're not allowed to go back. And if you go back, your salah is invalid. Then it says, If someone is praying and he doesn't know how many raka'at he's done, am I on three or am I four? Am I on two or am I on three? Am I on the first one or am I on the second one? And this happens a lot. Bana You build upon what you're certain about. What are you certain about? Two or three? Which one are you doubting? You're doubting the third one. I, I'm sure I've done two. But am I on... I'm, I'm sure I've done two. But am I on the third one or am I still on the second one? I don't know which one I'm on. Then in that case, what does he do? You build upon yaqeen, the certainty. And this is a principle in the sharia and everything. Al-yaqeenu la yazulu bishak. Doubt or doubt does not remove certainty. If you have some doubt, you can't act upon that doubt if you have some certainty. If you have a doubt, you can't act upon that doubt if you have some certainty. For example, person he does wudu, and then he says, "I don't know, did I go toilet or not? I can't remember." What is he doubting? His wudu or going toilet? His wudu or breaking his wudu? Which one is he doubting? He's doubting if he broke his wudu or not, and so therefore he he assumes. The certain thing, which is what? He has wudu. Other person, he does wudu and he goes toilet. But he says, hold on, did I, did I do wudu after I went toilet or not? I'm sure I went toilet, but, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I went toilet, but did I do wudu after? In that case, what is he doubting? If he's made wudu or not. Therefore, he assumes the certainty, which is what? That he doesn't have wudu, he went toilet. So therefore, he say he doesn't have wudu, go do wudu. A person, you understand? So, so a lot of people, they say, no, if you have doubt, just do wudu. No. In the sharia, it's not like that. Easy. If you have, whatever you're certain about, you act upon that. Same, same here. I've, there's three or four rak'at. Which one are you certain about? You're, you're definitely, if you're not, you're not sure, am I on the fourth one or am I on the third one? And I've definitely done two. 100% I've done two. But I'm, I don't know if I've done three or, if I, or, or not. Am I on the fourth one? Or am I still on the third one? In that case, what do you assume? You assume you've done two and you're on the next one, which is the third one. You assume number three. And then, وَيَسْجُدُ لَهُ سُجُدُ السَّهُ But, you do سُجُدُ السَّهُ at the end as well, if you have a doubt. If you do this now, if this situation comes up, and you're in a situation where you don't know how many raka'at you've done, you have some doubt, and then you assume you're on the lower one, you have to do سُجُدُ السَّهُ at the end. Why? Because سُجُدُ السَّهُ 
makes up the possibility of you adding an extra rak'ah. Yani, is it possible that you're actually on the fourth one? It's possible, right? It could be possible that I'm actually on the fourth one. And I've done five rak'at. So I need to do sujood al-sahu to make that up. That it shouldn't, because if you do five on purpose, what happens to your salah? It's invalid, right? So therefore I need to make that up. Make up the extra rak'at. Or... Yeah, yeah. So, that's sujood al-sahu makes it up. Mm. Mm. No, no. If you're praying in jama'ah and you personally make a mistake, then no, you follow the imam. Whatever the imam does, you follow him. You don't do sujood al sahu. He will add extra rak'ah at the end. Right? If the imam makes a mistake, you used to, you have to do sujood al sahu with him. Yani follow the imam regardless. Whatever happens, you follow the imam. Yeah, yani let's say. You're on the second rak'ah. If a person, if the Imam is in a position of, let's say a person, the Imam is in a position of tashahud. Um, he's in tashahud. When he's in, when he missed the rukur, he's going to be saying Allahu Akbar, and he's going to be going back. Or let's say he's going to be adding extra rak'ah at the end. Instead of saying salam, what's he going to do? He's going to stand up and say Allahu Akbar. So he needs to let the, the, the jama'ah know that. Yeah, and if he goes straight to sujood. Yeah, he'll go back up. He'll stand up and then he'll go to ruku'ah. What is everyone else doing though? Nah, they're in ruku'ah. Because you're, you can't see him. You assume he's in ruku'ah, right? You assume he's in ruku'ah. He just didn't know that he went down. He'll come back up. And if he's going to add something at the end, what's he going to do? You're going to say Allahu Akbar and you're going to hear that. And if you hear Allahu Akbar at the end, you're going to assume there's something wrong. And that's why it's important to see the jama'ah. The congregation should see the imam. So they know what he's doing. Understand? And they're not allowed to follow him in a mistake. So even if he goes for sujood, they know he should be in ruku'ah. They're not allowed to follow him. He's not going to recite again though. He's just going to get up and do the course straight away. So if he misses, uh, recites that, he'll come up and go straight back down? Yeah, he'll come straight back down. Okay. And the, the people will say SubhanAllah, right? People will say SubhanAllah, that's why he, make, he says SubhanAllah on the Imam. He doesn't make the record, he goes straight to Sujood? No, if you miss the Sajda, you don't go back up. Oh. And if a person's on Sujood, how do you miss the Sajda? By standing back up, right? So they say Subhanallah, and then he goes back to that position. Mm. Uh, the Imam has to do it, yeah, and you have to follow him. So if you have to correct the Imam, and Imam makes a mistake, the Imam has to do sujood so and everyone has to follow the Imam. Then the Salah is still valid, still valid. You don't do it, no. You follow the Imam. My brother, I like a brother, one brother. When we're teaching this, remember in the Sunnah, Sa'ad, the brother Sa'ad, he was saying, follow the Imam regardless. He wrote in capital letters, big letters, follow the Imam regardless. After, it is the same lesson, the same lesson. We're teaching it, and I was like, they asked, the brother, when the brother asking questions, asking, 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 asking. I said to him, follow, the, he wrote in capital letters, follow the Imam regardless. Whatever happens, 
follow the Imam. And that's the truth. Whatever happens, you follow the Imam. Huh? If someone has a mental health condition that makes it hard for them to pray due to extreme laziness and low Iman, once they feel better, then they make a salah. Yeah, they're sinning. And extreme laziness is not an excuse. And if a person is insane, then, it's, then him not leaving the salah is not, is not an excuse. Even if you have a jinn inside you. And unless the person is like, yeah, he's completely insane. When he loses his mind, then no, he's an excuse. Like, and he makes him lazy, all of that, he's not allowed. A person is not allowed to leave the salah. He has to do it. But if he leaves it, he's sinning and he has to make it up. What about in Jama'ah making up obligatory no more, no more questions, yeah? What about in Jama'ah making up for obligatory actions? Do I, um, do, I do the making up of raka'at other, other than salah? What about in Jama'ah? And if a person leaves the Fatiha in Jama'ah, then he follows the Imam. And then you, when the Imam finishes, because you've left the Fatiha, in one of the raka'at, you do your own extra raka'at. You have to stand up and make another raka'at. Yeah, all the pillars. So if someone is behind the imam and he leaves the pillar, he leaves you yourself, you leave a pillar. And you can't do the pillar because the imam's going. Then you have to follow the imam and you make up that raka'ah at the end. Hmm. You catch him on raka'ah? Yeah, it's different. That's why, that's why some of the scholars say surah fatiha is not a pillar. And it's, it's, not, it's not, allowed, not wajib for the one who's being led. It's a good, good argument, to be honest. But yeah, that's an exception. It's an exception. Hmm. If you join the second raka'ah, then you do after the salam. So you, you, join, you, you reach the second, third, and fourth. So you do one more one, um, after the salam. If you caught the if you caught it before the raka'ah, then yes. If you caught it before the raka'ah, then yes. You take it. Yeah, before the before the raka'ah finishes. If you caught it before the raka'ah, before he comes up, up from the raka'ah, then yes, yes, you've caught that raka'ah. No, no, I haven't caught it. If you, if the Imam is in Rukur, and you catch it whilst he's, even he says, Sa, Sa, Sami Allah, you missed it. If he moves up a little bit, you missed it. Any move, you have to catch it whilst he's in the Rukur. Okay, whilst, he's, whilst he's still in Rukur, you have to go inside the Rukur. Then he comes in. No. If you missed, if you forget to make up Sujud Sahu, would the validate the prayer? Then no, no. If you forget Sujud Sahu, then it doesn't validate the prayer. Shaitan caught you twice. Tayyip, he says, <laughs> that's what they say. وَيَسْجُدُ لَهُ سُجُودِ السَّهُ You do سُجُودِ السَّهُ قَبْلَ السَّلَامِ He says before the salam. The Shafi'i they say generally it's always before the salam. Always before the salam. Why? It's easier. That's what they say. If a, there's no difference of opinion that if a person does the سُجُودِ السَّهُ before the salam is valid. No difference of opinion that if you do it after the salam is valid. But which one's better? They say if you added something extra to the salah by accident, then you do it after the, the, salam, the salam. And if you took something away, you reduced something from the salah, then you... Do it before the salam. And that is, that is uh, allowed, the sunnah. You understand? But anyway, in any situation, you can do it before or after. That's fine. Tayyip. وَهُوَ sunnah And sujood al-sahu is sunnah. Meaning if a person does it, leaves it by accident, then his salah is still valid. And it's fine. Wallahu alam. Naam. You do salam twice. Salam alaykum Yeah, I think that's one of the madhahib, one of the opinions. It's one of the opinions. Allahu alam. Tayyib. Fasulun fil awqati lati tukrahu fiha salah. Next subject is the times in which salah is disliked. The times in which the prayer is disliked. What do we mean by this? These times are the times where you're not allowed to pray a general sunnah. 
write that down. These are times when you are not allowed to pray a general sunnah, يعني a general voluntary salah, a general um, voluntary salah, a general sunnah salah. So what is not included here? Person is going to ask me, can I pray fajr at this time? Are you allowed to pray fajr at these times? Why? Because it's not a general sunnah, it's a wajib. So you're allowed to pray at this time if you miss it by accident. So the only thing that's not allowed in this time is a general sunnah. طيب, what do I mean by general sunnah? A sunnah mutlaqah. A sunnah al-mutlaqah. What do I mean by that? It is, a write this down, because you guys wrote down a general sunnah. You're not allowed to pray in these times a general sunnah. Write this down. What's the definition of a general sunnah? It is a, a prayer that has no specific reason. A prayer that doesn't have a specific reason. So it's a general sunnah. You just want to get up and pray. It's not because you entered into the masjid, because that's the reason, right? You entered the masjid, you have tahiyyat al masjid. It's not because you've done wudu, because that's the reason. There's two rakah after you do wudu. It is not because you've just done tawaf, because tawaf is a reason. After tawaf, you do two rakah. It's not because um, istikhara. Some scholars they say istikhara doesn't count. Shafi'i, they allow it. Or they don't allow it. They say you can't use istikhara even in this time, even istikhara. Duha doesn't come under because of the times you're going to learn. It's not part of duha. Duha doesn't come under it. So we're going to learn that the time of duha is not these times. طيب, we're going to learn which ones they are. So a general sunnah are not allowed in these times. Do you guys understand what a general sunnah is? طيب, um, another example. What's another example of a non-general sunnah that I haven't, I haven't mentioned? Rawam. No, the rawatib have to be done in, within the times. Witr, it doesn't come under this time. Witr doesn't come under this time. Salat al-Tawbah. No, you're not allowed either. It's not allowed. It has a reason, yani, because something happened, you have to pray at that time. Toby, you can do it anytime. So, yeah, wait for the time, this time to finish. You understand? Huh? huh? Consummation of the marriage. That's a good one, Allah. Allah I don't know about that one. Allah Allah. Hmm. No, the Tisqa has a specific time as well. So it doesn't come under, huh? Janazah, no, because janazah is not allowed in these times either. Yani something that happens because you've done something. You've done wudu, you pray, sunnah. You go into the masjid, you can pray. Tawaf, you can pray. Adhan doesn't count at this time. Huh? Sorry, I can't hear you. Sin, near tawbah, no, you don't, it doesn't come under. Kusuf al khusuf, ahsant, if there's an eclipse, there's an eclipse, you can pray. Because an eclipse can occur any time. Yeah, it's the morning. Oh, is it? Mm, same, yeah, no. But generally, they say you can pray any time, but it's not, it doesn't, because it's not, it's not tired, it's not emergency at that time. But wait until later. Yeah, the Sunnah Fard they don't come under these times. But generally, you guys understand what we mean by general Sunnah. He says, five different prayers, five different times, you're not allowed to pray except for a salah that has a reason. Meaning a non-general sunnah. You don't wudu, it has a reason. You enter into the masjid, it has a reason. طيب, what's the first time? بعد صلاة الصبح حتى تطلع الشمس. You're not allowed to pray after al-subh, after fajr. After you pray salat al-fajr, you're not allowed to pray any salah. Until the sun rises. So from when salat al-fajr comes in, you're not allowed to pray. Or is it after you pray salat al-fajr. So when salat al-fajr comes in, you can pray your sunnah. You can pray the other sunnah between adhan and qama, anything like that. As soon as you finish praying Salat al-Fajr, you can't pray any sunnah, any general sunnah, until the sun rises. 
طيب the second time is وعند طلوعها حتى تتكامل وترتفع when the sun rises يعني when fajr finishes until the sun fully rises up into the sky حتى تتكامل وترتفع يعني 15 minutes after fajr approximately 15 minutes after fajr finishes طيب here I said from fajr salah all the way until fajr finishes and then from fajr finishes until the sun goes way up isn't that one time they're connected right at the same time it is it's all one time why did we differentiate between them because because the second one is worse than the first one the second time is worse than the first one hmm. yeah يعني, the 15 minutes after fajr not to pray no the 15 minutes after fajr finishes Fajr finishes. I say Fajr comes in here around 3 something. 3.50, whatever it comes in, huh? Fajr comes in at that time. Fajr finishes around 5 something. Let's say 5.20. That's like you can pray Fajr within that time, right? 5.20, Fajr is finished. 5.20 until 5.35, you still can't pray as well Sunnah. You can't pray any Sunnah. Why? Because this is, a, this is the worst time. These 15 minutes, the reason why we differentiated between them is because these 15 minutes, when the sun is, has risen from the horizon until it comes up off the horizon, these 15 minutes is worse. Because this is when the sun worshippers, they worship the sun. And this shows that we've been commanded to be different from the kuffar. We've been commanded to be, So the reason why you're not allowed is tashabbuhan lil kuffar. Because you're not allowed to imitate the kuffar. So these are two times. So when he says five times, these two times are connected. So there's one and two. Both of them you're not allowed to pray what? A general sunnah. But the second one is worse. The second one is worse. Is that clear? Yeah, sunrise, yeah, sunrise. Yeah, and is that what they call it on the calendar? Sunrise, right? Yeah. Yeah, so when does duha come in? Duha, we said it last lesson. If you missed it, did we hear last lesson? Duha comes in when? 15 minutes after the sun rises. So when that 15 minutes finishes, that's when Duha comes in. That's when you can start praying Duha. You understand? So Duha is not that part of the time. Mm. Last question. Mm. Is the reason the same before the sun rises because the, 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 sorry, the sun worshippers is the same reason even before it? Allah Alam. The, 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 the hadith that mentions the reasons only mention these three. And the others they have? جنوا نها نها رسولنا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أن نصلي فيهن وأن نقبر فيها موتانا. Those are the, where the five are mentioned. But the reasons are only mentioned in these three, the three times. So this is what the fifteen minutes, and then the next one, which we're going to mention. فالله أعلم. I don't know the reason of the other ones. طيب. He says وعند الطلوع نعم وإذا استوت حتى تزول from استواء until زوال. عبد الكريم. When's استواء? Ahsant. When the sun is at its highest point in the sky. When the sun is in the middle of the sky, it's not allowed to pray. Isn't that Dhuhr time? No. When is Dhuhr? Zawal. When the sun slightly moves from the middle of the sky to the western side of the sky. So, <clears throat> within that period of istiwa, when the sun is in the middle of the sky, until Dhuhr comes in, you're not allowed to pray. How long is that? Approximately, approximately five minutes. Yeah, let's say Dhuhr comes in at one o'clock. So, from 12.55 until one o'clock, you're not allowed to pray. Why? Because this is also when the, this is one of the worst times as well. This is one of the three worst times. So the first three of the worst time is after Fajr finishes until the sun fully rises. The second of the three worst times is 
one, the sun is in the middle of the sky because that's when the sun worshippers also worship the sun. Uh, look at this question. Guys, what did I say? What if you missed Fajr and you woke up when the sun rises? It's minutes after Fajr. Do you have to wait to pray Fajr? No, you don't. What did I say? The only things you're not allowed to pray is what? The general sunnah. As for Fajr, you miss Fajr, then you have to pray straight away. You, you should pray straight away. You understand? Uh, when the sun is in the middle of the sky until Zuhur time comes in Zawal. So from Istiwa to Zawal. Which is when the sun is in the middle of the sky until Zuhur comes in. وَبَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ حَتَّى تَغْرُبَ الشَّمْسِ Then the third, fourth time is after Asr until the sun is about to set. From Asr until the sun is about to set. So Asr, right now we're not allowed to pray General Sunnah. Is someone just allowed after the lesson just to get up and pray General Sunnah? Right now after the lesson, you're allowed. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to pray. Don't pray at this time right now. Until the sun is about to set. Hmm. Ah, someone else answer him. I don't want to. <laughs> what did I say? No, answer, no name answer himself. Go on. <laughs> what did I say? So he answered himself. It's not a general sunnah, right? If you enter into the message, you're allowed. Taib. وَبَعْدَ الْعَصْرِ From Asr until the sun's about to set. When the sun's about to set, you're not allowed to pray. From Asr, until, from Asr time until the sun's about to set, you're not allowed to pray. The last one is وَعِنْدَ الْغُرُوبِ حَتَّى يَتَكَامَلَ غُرُوبُهَا When the sun is about to set until it sets. يعني when the sun is about to set until Maghrib time comes in. Which is approximately 15 minutes before Maghrib comes in. So let's say Maghrib is at 8 o'clock. Then from 7.45 until 8 o'clock, you're not allowed to pray. Is it connected? Asr until Maghrib. It was all one time, right? Why did we differentiate again? Because which one is worse? The first one or the second one? The second one, the last 15 minutes when the sun is just about to set. Why? Because the sun sets between the two horns of shaitan. As the Prophet And this is when the shaitan, the shaitan worshippers, they worship shaitan and they worship the sun as well. Narrated by Muslim in Sahih. عن عقبة بن عامر رضي الله عنه يسد ثلاث ساعات كان ينهانا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أن نصلي فيهن أو أن نقبر فيهن موتانا. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم prohibited us in three different times to pray in these times or to bury our dead. حين تطلع الشمس بازغة حتى ترتفع when the sun rises until it fully rises so that was fifteen minutes وحين يقوم قائم الظهيرة when the sun is in the middle of the sky حتى تميل until the sun goes into the zawal. وَحِينَ تَضَيَّفُ الشَّمْسُ لِلْغُرُوبِ And when the sun is about to go into الغروب until it's about to set. He mentioned three times in this hadith. Which of these three times is he mentioning? The worst of those three times, right? These are the three worst times. وَسَبَبُ الْكَرَاهَةِ The reason is أَنَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ قَالْ إِنَّ الشَّمْسَ تَطْلَعُ وَمَعَهَا قَرْنُ الشَّيْطَانِ The reason is because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, the sun when it rises, it comes out between the horns of shaitan. فَإِذَا ارْتَفَعَ فَارَقَهَا Then when it goes up, the horns of shaitan, they leave. فَإِذَا اسْتَوَتْ And then when it comes in the middle of the sky, قَارَنَهَا The horns of shaitan come again. فَإِذَا زَالَتْ Then when it goes to Zawal, it moves from the middle of the sky, فَارَقَهَا The horns of shaitan leave. فَإِذَا دَنَتْ لِلْغُرُوبِ فَإِذَا غَرَبَتْ Then when the sun sets قَارَنَا فَارَقَهَا The sun, the horns of shaitan, they leave as well. As for the other times, then the hadith of the Prophet So we only mentioned three in this hadith. So where did the five come from? The hadith of Abu Huraira, Nabi Sallallahu Al-Bukhari, Muslim, أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ نَهَا عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ بَعْدِ الْعَصْرِ The Prophet Sallallahu prohibited salah after asr حَتَّى تَغْرُبَ الشَّمْسِ until the sun sets. وَبَعْدَ الصُّبْحِ حَتَّى تَطْلُعُ الشَّمْسِ And after Fajr until the sun fully rises. Naam.
So all of that is not allowed. Ghurub, mm. when the sun's about to set. Mm. And sunrise, sorry, sunrise. That's an exception. The prophet, when when Abu Bakr Abu Bakr came into the salah, and he was, he saw the congregation in rukur, and he went into rukur and he moved. Whilst he's in rukur, he moved to the row. The prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam because that that movement was for a need. It was a need to fill in the gap of the salah. So that's why. And the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him, "La ta'ud, don't repeat it. Don't do that again." Another narration: "La ta'ud, don't repeat your salah. Your salah is still valid." You can do that now. طيب, that is, فصل, uh, that is, should we, should we carry on? Salat al-Jama'ah is a long chapter. Mm. Mm. Question, yeah? No, that's not the 15 minutes. al firar is not the time, it's not the 15 minutes where it's not allowed to pray. Mm. How, many, how many weeks do you have left? We have one, two, two lessons left. Two lessons left. Two lessons left. We can finish it. One. Hmm? One more lesson. Chapter. A chapter is long. That's the thing. You might do one more lesson as well. One chapter is long. That's the thing. That's the reason why I don't want to start half of it and finish. And like, let's start a little bit. Let's do a little bit. Fasulun fi salatil The prayer in congregation. The congregational prayer. This chapter is talking about the rulings pertaining to the congregational prayers. The rulings pertaining to the congregational prayers, Salatul Jama'ah. And Salatul Jama'ah has many virtues. Praying in Jama'ah has many virtues. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, Salatul Jama'ati, Afdalu min Salatul Fadhi bi sab'in wa ishreena daraja. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that the Salat in Jama'ah, the congregational prayer, it is better than a person praying alone by 27 times. That is if a person, he does wudu and he perfects his wudu. Then he leaves his house, nothing leaves, nothing makes him leave the salah, nothing makes him leave his house apart from the salah. Then for every single step that he takes, every single step that you take to the salatul jama'ah, to the congregational prayer in the masjid, you get one reward, one, one level, you get raised one level and every other step you get one sin forgiven and the person when he's in the salah when this person is going and waiting for the salah as the Prophet said he said that a person is always going to be praying and you're considered to be getting the reward of someone who's praying just for waiting for the salah and the angel he says Allahumma ghfirluhu Allahumma arhamhu oh Allah forgive this person oh Allah have mercy upon him Constantly, the angel is making, pray, uh, make, is making dua for you. Constantly, until malam yuhdifihi, malam yakhruj minhu. As long as you don't do, as long as you don't lose your wudu. Yani if a person is sitting down waiting to pray, then he's getting rewarded for the prayer, and the angels are asking Allah to forgive him. Whilst he's walking to the salah, his sins are being forgiven. With every step, his sins are being forgiven, and with every other step, 
his levels being raised in Jannah. Whilst he prays, he prays a salah that is worth 27 more times than the prayer at home or alone. And also when he finishes the salah, the angels are making dua for him until he either leaves or he loses his wudu. These are many virtues of the salatul jama'ah praying in the congregation. And so the scholars, they mention the rulings pertaining to this salah because it is from the sha'air, the symbols of Islam. That us Muslims, we pray in congregation, especially as men. As for the women, then they pray at home and it's better for them. Because the Prophet وسلم, said about the men, the houses of the women are better, the, the, the houses are better for the women for them to pray at home. So he says, uh, what's, the ruling on, what's the ruling on praying Salatul Jama'ah? The Shafi'is, they say it's Sunnah. It's Sunnah to pray congregational prayer. That's the, mature, the, the opinion of a lot of the scholars. The other opinion, which is amongst the Shafi'i scholars as well, is that it is fardu kifaya. It's a communal obligation. Meaning there has to be a jama'a congregation established in the community. There has to be a, a jama'a congregation established in the community. So if there is no con- a congregation established in the community, then everyone's sinning. And if no one prays salat al-jama'a, then everyone's sinning. But if there is the masjid and people are praying, and a person doesn't pray in jama'ah, then he's not sinning, especially if he has a reason. And that's because they mentioned that the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, um, sorry, the main evidence for that is what? That it is a symbol, outward symbol of Islam. That is communal obligation. That is the second opinion. The third opinion is that it is fardu'ayn. It's, com- it's an obligation upon everyone. Everyone has to pray in congregation. Every man who can hear the adhan must pray in congregation. Or is at a distance where he can hear the adhan, then he must pray in congregation. And this is a very strong opinion. Um, and that is that he said, what the Prophet وسلم, said, لَقَدْ هَمَمْتُ أَنْ آمُرَ بِالصَّلَاةِ فَتُقَامُ He said, I wanted to go and tell the people to go, and I tell someone to do the iqama for the salah. ثُمَّ آمُرُ رَجُلًا فَيُصَلِّي بِالنَّاسِ Then I command the person and I tell him, lead the salah. Then, ثُمَّ أَنْطَلِقُ مَعَ رِجَالٍ مَعَهُمْ مَعَهُمْ حَزْمٌ مِنْ حَطَبٍ إِلَىٰ قَوْمٍ لَا يَشْهَدُونَ الصَّلَىٰ Then I go, me and some people with wood, with firewood, we take firewood, and we go to the houses of people who don't pray the salah in the jama'ah, and فَأَحْرِقَ عَلَيْهِمْ بُيُوتُهُمْ And فَأَحْرِقَ عَلَيْهِمْ بُيُوتَهُمْ And so I burn their houses on them. And we burn the houses of the people who don't pray in jama'ah. The Prophet said, I wanted to do that. Did he do it? Of course the, uh, how important praying the Salat al-Jama'ah is. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when um, Abdullah ibn Ummi Maktoum, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that on the way of the Salat, because he was blind, it was hard for him to pray. The Prophet alayhi wasallam said, you don't have to pray. Then he, he said, come back. And he asked him, do you hear the adhan? He said, yes. So he said, fa'ajib who respond to the adhan. Yani, come and pray. And even a blind man therefore was commanded to pray. So because of that, they say it is a fardu ayn, it's a communal, it's an individual obligation upon everyone who hears the adhan. And we say, wallahu alam, that, far, that the congregational prayer is fardu kifaya, it's a communal obligation. Because there's multiple evidences to show that even if a person prays by himself, then he's not necessarily sinning. Hmm? But it's a communal obligation, and if someone says that it is an individual obligation, then he has a strong opinion, no doubt. And it's not something that's a weak opinion. To say everyone has to pray in jama'ah if they can. It's a strong opinion, it's taken by a lot of the scholars, especially of today, Sheikh Ibn Baz and Sheikh Abdul Rahman al Nasr al Sa'di, and Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen, and Sheikh Saleh al Fawzan. A lot of them take this opinion that it's obligatory upon every single person to pray in jama'ah. Wallahu alam, it's fardu kifaya, wallahu alam. Can you give one more evidence for fardu kifaya? They bring the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they said, there are no three groups of people 
There's no three people. So if there, when, if there is three people in a village or in the desert, and they don't pray, they don't establish the salah amongst them. Except that shaitan has authority over them. فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالْجَمَاعَةِ So, pray in congregation. فَإِنَّمَا يَأْكُلُ الذِّئْبُ الْقَاصِيَةِ فَإِنَّمَا يَأْكُلُ الذِّئْبُ الْقَاصِيَةِ Because the um, wolf eats from the lone sheep. Hmm? And so, and they mention here that they, because here it says that they are three people and they should have established the jama'ah. Wallahu a'lam. And they established, the fact that it's established لَا تُقَامُ فِيهِمُ الصَّلَاةِ The salah is established amongst them The fact that it's established amongst them Yeah, if someone doesn't know the virtues of the jama'ah Do they still get the reward? Yes, they do, they still get the reward Of course, no And learning it should just encourage you طيب this is وَصَلَاةُ الْجَمَعَةُ سُنَّةُ So he says وَصَلَاةُ الْجَمَعَةُ سُنَّةُ سُنَّةُ According to the Shafi'i Matham We mentioned the evidences to show the other opinions وَعَلَى الْمَأْمُومِ أَنْ يَنْوِيَ الْجَمَعَةَ دُونَ الْإِمَامِ The ma'moom needs to have the intention of being in jama'ah One of the conditions of being in the congregational salah Is that you as a person who's being led in the salah You must intend to be part of the congregation يعني let's say a person He is praying And he's intending to pray behind someone who's not the Imam. Then he misses out the reward of Salat al-Jama'ah. How does that happen? Person is praying and he doesn't know who's the Imam exactly. There's a few people who look, they look, he doesn't know who's the Imam. And he assumes one of them is the Imam. And he prays like that. Then in that case, that person, and, he, and it's the wrong person. Then in that case, that person, he hasn't got the reward of Salat al-Jama'ah. So you have to know that you're being ma'moom, you're being led in the Salah. Right? As for the Imam, then he doesn't need to know that he has to lead. That's Sunnah. The Imam does not need to know. So if let's say someone, he is behind the Imam, he taps him and he goes, or whatever he does, he goes next to the Imam and he prays. And the Imam's يعني, غافل, he doesn't know what's happening. He's still praying by himself, he's praying normally. But his person is following him. Then that Ma'moom, his Salah is correct. And the Imam, his Salah is also correct. Hmm? So what it needs to have the, who needs to have the intention? The Ma'moom, the one who's being led in the Salah, he's the one who needs to have the intention. What's the minimum jama'ah? The minimum jama'ah is two people. So a jama'ah happens even if you pray you and your wife by yourself. Even with your wife. But in the masjid is better. And some of the scholars they say the masjid is obligatory for the man to, um, to pray in. Um, and the rulings of jama'ah. Mm. We'll take it inshallah next lesson inshallah. The more the rulings of jama'ah. We'll take it within our next lesson and we'll take questions from now. Wallahu wa ta'ala alam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.